Amen. Turn with me, please, in your Bibles this evening to the Gospel of John in chapter 3. The Gospel of John in chapter 3. I would like to speak to you under the title of those words that we've just been singing, Ye Must Be Born Again. John chapter 3, please. It will take time to read uh, this story of this man who came to meet the Lord Jesus at night. We've been singing the story. And we're going to read these words. Kara has already quoted uh, one of the verses from John chapter 3 this evening, a verse that I'm sure all of us could quote, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's read this chapter together. It's a wonderful story found in God's word. John chapter 3 and the verse 1. And this is the word of the Lord. And it reads, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, And thou hearest the sound thereof, But canst not tell whence it cometh, And whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven." And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to each of our hearts this evening. John chapter 3 is probably a portion of scripture that is known to most of you in the gathering this evening. And what I want to do this evening is spend time considering this phrase that we find mentioned three times in the verses that we have read. It's, ye must be born Again, we sang the story of an individual who met the Lord. We've been singing about it. A ruler once came to Jesus by night. That's Nicodemus. To ask him the way of salvation. And like the master, the Lord Jesus, made answer in words true and plain. Ye must be born again. You know, Nicodemus 
was a man who was seeking the truth. He wanted to know what life was really all about. And he sought Jesus and he met Jesus. I wonder, are you someone here this evening and you're seeking the truth about life? You know, it's a great thing to meet the Lord. Nicodemus, he went to meet the Lord and be with him. I wonder, have you ever met the Lord? He's full of grace and truth. And this man in our text, he, or our text introduces to us too, he met the Lord. And the Lord is going to meet with you this evening. And he's going to speak with you through his word, the Bible, which is open before us just now. And what you do with that word, it's up to you. It's completely up to you what you do with the Lord. Whether you're going to trust him, whether you're going to accept him, or whether you're going to reject him. You see, you're going to hear the gospel tonight. That means good news. And you're going to hear the way that you can be saved. The way that Rebecca one day came to trust the Lord. The way that Kara one day came to trust the Lord as their saviour. That could happen to you this very night. You'll hear the gospel, but you have a choice. Whether you'll listen to it, and you'll put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as saviour, or whether you'll reject it. Each of us have a choice this evening. And this evening, I want to eavesdrop into this conversation between Nicodemus and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want us to hear for ourselves the great truths that Jesus shared with this man you see, Nicodemus came to Jesus for answers about religion. But what he received were answers about redemption. He came to the Lord Jesus to ask some questions about life. And he left with information about new birth. And the Lord Jesus teaches Nicodemus the truth about salvation. And he shares a few insights about the new birth. And that's what we need to hear this evening. Now, I want you to imagine if God himself met you in the middle of the night. How would you respond? I would like to think that if God himself were to meet you and tell you something, that you would listen very carefully. Well, three times in our passage this evening, on this particular night found in Scripture, the Lord Jesus tells Nicodemus of his need to be born again. It's a phrase that is so important. That the Lord Jesus, he says it three times. So surely we need to sit up and listen this evening. Surely we need to sit up and listen to what the Lord Jesus Christ has to say to you. I want to tell you something. I want you to forget about all you people you came with this evening. I, I, I want you to forget about the person who's sitting beside you and in front of you. And behind you, and for the time remaining, I want you to listen to these words directly from the mouth of God. And he says them to you directly this evening. Forget about everybody else. This is about you and God. You must be born again. And as you listen to these words, they may seem very strange. In fact, let me tell you this evening, this saying, it captures the essence of the gospel, the good news. You see, it's essential. It's essential to be born again in order to be part of the kingdom of God, to be part of God's family. In fact, it's essential to be born again, to know that one day you'll stand on the shore of heaven. And let's be honest, heaven is a place that we all wish to be when we die. But I wonder, are we, are we willing to accept 
the terms of getting into heaven set out in scripture. Now there's a hymn that we sing sometimes. Maybe you sing it in your own fellowships where you go to church. And it's, it says this, On the golden streets of heaven, all men hope to walk some day, but so many are not willing to accept the living way. But while others build on good works and opinions if they may, hallelujah, hallelujah, I'm depending on the blood. So in the next few moments that remain of this part of our service, I want to explain to you what the Lord Jesus Christ was teaching Nicodemus when he told him, ye must be born again. I want you to notice this evening the must part, the, the must of new birth. The must of new birth. It says in the text, ye must be born again. You know, the opening words in the Bible say this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I know half the world doesn't believe that anymore. Now, maybe tell you that the human race came from many things, but we definitely didn't come from God, the world may say. Well, dear friend, this evening, I believe the word of God tells us the truth about this life from start To finish, every word is inspired. It gives us the only reasonable explanation of how this earth came to be. The word of God says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that's good enough for me. So what is man? If God created us, what is man? The Bible says that man is created in the image and likeness of his creator God. That simply means the first man could know God, could know the things of God, that he was he delighted in the things of God and to do God's will. He had a heart that loved God and wanted to do everything he could to please God. But we read in Genesis chapter 3 that the devil came in and the devil, he lied to Eve and told her that, told her that if she ate the fruit that God had forbidden Adam and Eve to eat, that they would never die. But the devil, he's the father of lies. And he'll be seeking to put you off the message here this evening. And just as he lied to Adam and Eve in the garden, he seeks to keep you from Christ this evening. You see, the consequences of Adam and Eve's sin was death. And ever since sin entered the world, the Bible teaches that all have sinned. None of us are without excuse. Every single one of us, preacher included, have sinned. Maybe you say this evening, hold on a minute, Peter, just wait. You're telling me I'm a sinner. I'm a, I'm a good neighbor. I do my best. I, I, I pay my taxes, Peter. I'm a good citizen. I, I do my part for society. I, I give to charities. I'm not a bad person. I'm not a sinner. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Nicodemus. He was a man who had many things going for him in life. Why would he need to be born again? You see, Nicodemus, he was a rich man. He was a rich man. History tells us that Nicodemus was one of the three richest men in Jerusalem. He had more money than he knew what to do with it. But let me tell you, dear friend, tonight, what we have does not change what we are. Whether you're rich or poor, it doesn't matter. You're still a sinner. And you need a saviour. You may have plenty of money. 
But it doesn't change the fact that you're a sinner and you need a saviour. And it doesn't change the fact that you need to be born again. Your money can buy many things here in this world. But it can buy you nothing in heaven. The Bible says, says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Where moth and rust doth corrupt. And where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Dear friend, your riches here on earth are nothing in comparison to the riches of heaven. Did you hear that? Your riches here on earth are nothing compared to the riches in heaven. How important it is to get your priorities right in our short time on earth and be prepared for eternity. Nicodemus, he was a rich man, but I want you to tell you something else. Nicodemus, he was a respectable man. When he walked down the streets, people who, who knew, people knew who he was and they pointed him out to their children. And he was held in great esteem by all who knew him and saw him. And he was, after all, a ruler of Israel. But dear friends, what we achieve does not change who we are. We're sinners. It's good to be respected. And it's good to have a good name among men. But that will not provide us a place in heaven. Nicodemus, he was a rich man. He was a respectable man. You know, Nicodemus, he was also a religious man. He was a Pharisee. He kept the law. He was morally pure to a degree that you and I could not imagine. And even the Lord Jesus recognized the religious efforts of this man. And he paid his tithes. He did everything that the law said to do. He kept the written law and the traditions of the elders. He wouldn't wouldn't come in contact with a sinner. He was a holy man. Still, what we do does not change who we are. In spite of the outward attempts of righteousness, Nicodemus was a religious man in need of a redeemer. And it's good to live clean and holy lives, but it will not save your soul. Your religious activities will not save you. You could be someone who faithfully attends the meetings here in Green's Baptist, or maybe your own fellowship. You could give money to the church. You could do all these things and still not be ready for heaven. Here's the problem. You can be rich, you can be respectable, you can be religious and still end up in a lost eternity in hell. Listen, to be born again is to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of your sin. To turn from it and to trust in the finished work of Calvary. You see, when you do that, we're given new life. And we're transformed by God and we're adopted into his family and it's like being born again. It's a new beginning. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Later on, both Kara and Rebecca will enter into this tank of water behind me. And it's not, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a public profession of their faith. It doesn't do anything. They're both heaven bound already. But what they're doing is they're going through the waters of baptism in obedience to what the Lord Jesus said. And do you know what it represents? 
See, when you see Rebecca and Kara going under the water, it's saying that their sins are buried and gone with Christ. And when they come up out of the water, it just represents that newness of life, that new birth, that the Lord Jesus Christ has made the difference, that their sins are buried with Christ, that Christ has dealt with them at the cross of Calvary, and that they've been raised to newness of life. And what they're saying to you this evening as they go through the waters of baptism is, now I belong to Jesus, and I want to live for him. And I want to tell all the people here this evening and all who watch online that I belong to him. It's they're publicly saying that they trust Christ as their saviour and they want to live for him. Newness of life, new birth, they've both experienced it. You know, people will try everything apart from coming to Christ for new life. But if you're not born, but you're, you can't be born again by your own efforts. The Bible says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you know what you need tonight? You need to be born again. You know all know what a pig is. You can take a pig, can't you? And you, you can put it in the bath, give it a good scrub. And you can take it and put deodorant on it and perfume and talcum powder and you can give it a lovely name. And you can perfume it and dress it up and put a beautiful tuxedo on it, a fancy bow tie. And then you can bring it to dinner and set it at the table, set it down, talk to it and say all manner of things about it. But see, when it starts to eat, what is it? It's a pig. It's the nature of the thing. No matter what you do to it, it doesn't make any difference. It's still a pig. My friend, maybe you go to church and maybe you say your prayers and maybe you read the Bible. Maybe you're faithful and you give to the poor. Maybe you're good to your neighbor and you do all manner of things. And you're hoping that one day when you meet God that he'll weigh up the good and the bad and he'll just let you slip into heaven. That's not how it works. We are born in sin. And no matter what we do, we are still sinners. You see, the Bible, the word of God tells us we need to be born again. A spiritual birth where the Lord transforms our character and makes a new man or woman. For except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We've thought about the must of new birth. I want you to see the means of new birth. When Nicodemus hears these things, he wants to know how this is possible. And the Lord Jesus takes the next few verses to explain to him and to us how the new birth can become a reality. You see, we see the role of the Saviour. That's what I want you to note, the role of the Saviour. The Saviour tells Nicodemus that he went, he left, you see, he left the splendour of heaven above and he came to this world to die for sin, to die for your sin and to die for mine. He left the splendour of heaven, knowing his destiny was the lonely hill of Golgotha, there to lay his life for me. And the Lord Jesus reminded Nicodemus of a time when Israel sinned and God sent poisonous serpents amongst them and the snakes bit them and they were dying of the poison. And when the tragic event took place, God commanded Moses to take a brass snake and to put it on a pole and everyone who looked to the brass snake and the pole lived. And the bronze serpent was God's means of salvation for the Israelite. And Christ's death on the cross is God's means of salvation for you and for me. 
You see, the Lord Jesus says here in this passage in verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He's speaking of himself, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Every other religion in this world will tell you the things that you have to do to inherit salvation, but they can never guarantee it. But the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, it's done already. He has paid for your sin. He has paid for all of your sin. Every single thing that you feel guilty about in your life right now, the Lord Jesus, he has paid the price for it. And you can be free from that guilt tonight. He came to this world to be put on a cross. He came to die as a sacrifice for sin. He came to die that we, through his death, might live. And dear friend, when the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid for your sin. There's nothing more owing on your account. Apart from this, you just need to receive him by faith. Trusting in his work at Calvary. The Lord Jesus Christ did his part. He died and he rose again from the dead. That was the role of the Saviour. And all our sins were laid in him. Your sin, my friend, your drunken nights, your misbehaviour in the home, your running around, your fiddling the books, all the things that God calls sin that will damn you to hell. Go the Lord Jesus Christ. He has paid the price for those sins. And tonight you can come and put your trust in him and no forgiveness. That's the role of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's done his part. But then there's the role of the sinner. You see, the Lord Jesus said, you, you, sir in the meeting, it's you, ma'am in the meeting, it's you, you must be born again, there's a responsibility with you. You know, in that story, and when the Lord Jesus spoke of that story of Moses who lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, The Israelite had to look at the serpent and the pole to live and to be cleansed. The Israelite had something to do. And the sinner must look to the Saviour on the cross to be cleansed from their sin. You see, what must a lost, hell-bound sinner do to be saved? Well, the answer is right here in verse 15. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The one word answer to that question, what must the lost hell-bound sinner do to be saved? It's belief. You need to look to Jesus and live. If you need to be saved, there's nothing more left for you to do but to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, to fall on your knees this evening, to tell him that you're a sinner, to confess your sin and to say that you believe and you put your faith and trust in the finished work of Calvary and all that Christ has done. He has paid the price for your sin and I don't know how anyone who has came into this meeting outside of Christ could walk out and say, no, it's not for me because Christ has paid the debt of your sin so that you can be guaranteed heaven one day so you can be guaranteed that you'll be with him one day dear friend don't reject the message of the saviour he says you must be born again and he looks to you in love this evening and he pleads with you this evening he says look and let look at the saviour cast in your eyes mind cast your cast your mind to calvary And see the Lord Jesus Christ there as he spreads his arms out and as the nails go through his hands and his feet. See the blood flow. 
And see the Lord Jesus as he says, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. The very ones who nail him to the tree and he pleads for their forgiveness. Dear friend, your sin nailed him to the tree, my sin. The Savior pleads for our forgiveness. And tonight he is risen. He's heaven. By his spirit he moves in our gathering this evening. And Jesus is passing this way. Can I ask you, will you accept his free gift of salvation? Will you be born again tonight and start for heaven and for home? What are you going to do? Are you going to trust him? Do you know what you need to do? You need to repent. That means to be truly sorry. And turn to God and be done with your sin. You need to come by faith and say, Lord, I'm trusting in the cross alone. And what you did in the cross alone, nothing to do with me. I'm going to trust in the blood that saves me. Plead for forgiveness for your sin. Do you know what the Bible says? He says, he who cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. I am trusting thee, Lord Jesus. Trusting only thee. Trusting thee for full salvation. Great and free. You must be born again. Dear friends, after we have done the next part of our meeting and the baptisms are finished and you see me later if you want to talk with me I have all night to talk with you but I want to tell you something I cannot save you but I can point you to the one who can and that's the Lord Jesus Christ and I plead with you tonight even just where you're sitting just now why not call out to him the quietness of your heart Plead for forgiveness of sin. <clears throat> Trust in the cross of Calvary and what Christ has done. He's paid for your sin. He's done his bit. I wonder, will you come to him for salvation? Let's pray together. Our God and our Father, we thank you for the gospel message. We thank you for this good news that although we are guilty sinners, that the Lord Jesus Christ willingly went to the cross of Calvary and has paid the price in full for sin. That he has opened the gate that all may go in. Father, I pray for each person under the sound of my voice this evening. Father, I pray that if there's anyone who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Saviour, that even this very night, they would cry out to thee, and that they would be saved, born again, new life in Christ, guaranteed a home in heaven. Father, these are solemn moments. And we know that you by your Spirit, you're very near. Father, I pray that as what is of you would be remembered tonight, and if there's anything of me, it would be completely forgotten. Father, have your way in this gathering, I pray. 
and save precious souls. Father, I thank you for saving Rebecca. And I thank you for saving Karen. Father, I pray that you would bless them in a few moments' time now. As they go through the waters of baptism, oh God, we thank you for this public profession of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray that they will know great blessing as they do this. We pray all these things for your glory alone. And in the precious name of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.